Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the Hour of Truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, brought to you on the third Tuesday monthly from 1 to 2 p.m. Aetherius Radio Live is hosted by the wonderful Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. They always have an amazing show prepared with wonderful topics such as karma, UFOs, the Mother Earth, the New World, the Next Master, and more. They invite you to discover the cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary master of yoga and world-renowned medium, Dr. George King, between 1954 and 1997. So without further ado, I give you host Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Hello, Chrissy. Hello, Richard. Hi there, Courtney. Hi, Courtney. Um, Thank you very much for introducing us. Not a problem. Today's show, I have to say, is um, mainly going to be Richard because this is a subject that I know he's uh, done a lot of research on in your books, right? The avatars and gods who came uh, came from space who came to this earth. Who came to Um, earth, yes. Who came to earth and written many, many articles that have been published I think you've had seven in the last few weeks. Is that correct, Richard? Something like that. Yes, it's it's uh, it's wonderful, really. They just sort of come along, and uh, the, the editors of various journals, both here and in America, have been very open. In fact, uh, one of them, of course, is Body, Mind, Spirit Guide, where one of the articles is currently on the home page, Avatars and Gods Who Came to Earth, and others, several here, and uh, both uh, printed and uh, internet, and, and what I've found is that they've been very open-minded, much more than I think they would have been, say, 10 years ago, Chrissy. Um, yes, they've just let great... you know, I They've let me write pretty well whatever I've chosen. I don't think I've had one edit that I can think of from any of them, which is absolutely well, fantastic, well, I think. Yeah. You're a good writer, Richard. <laughs> well, it also shows how so, yeah, open-minded that... these journals are, I must say. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I was very pleased to... See it in Psychic News. And, well, um, that one, yes, other. that's just currently out here in the UK, um, and that's um, that's an old journal that goes back to 1932 here. And I remember Dr. King was very aware of that journal. That that was you'll remember that, Chrissy, from your days in London. Yes, I've, I've been looking at that magazine for well since I was very young, actually. So always yeah. in the, around the family and stuff. So. Um, yes, it's virtually the sort of accredited journal for psychics and mediums, isn't it, as far as you can get one at all? It really is, yeah, it really is. And uh, not only is your article in on the homepage of Body, Mind, Spirit, but it's also in the guide this month, and next month too, it's a two-part series. So anybody listening um, in the Michigan area, you can pick a magazine up, pick up a couple and give them to your friends and uh, read about this. Of course, you'll hear about it in the interview, but always good to have it in print as well to sort of, you know, remember all the, the parts and so forth. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a privilege to write about, Chrissy, because it's such an inspiring topic because you're dealing with the greatest beings who've ever walked our earth. And, Absolutely. you know, what? how much better does it get than that? Well, it really doesn't, and the be- the wonderful thing is that um, you go back, I know in your articles, you go back in time and and go through the sort of centuries, and we realize that there is a great plan, 
And, you know, when you look at the world now, you think, well, what can possibly be the solution? And yet, um, and I know you'll talk more about this, Richard, but um, Mm. what do you think about this, about the plan? Can you explain more about that? Yeah, absolutely, the cosmic plan, indeed. Well, I I think this concept behind the talk, and I've been doing a number of talks over here, uh, uh, which have been announced on Ethereus Radio Live and on my website and on the ethereus.org, of course, website, uh, yeah. which are called Avatars and Gods Who Came to Earth, and Manchester, uh, Blackpool, Glastonbury. And then we've got the, uh, the, sort of like the final culmination, really, of it all in, at the Ethereus Temple in London on May the 12th. And it, what's wonderful, I've, I have a PowerPoint presentation put together by my good friend Ayub Malik. And so the pictures, as best as we can get accurate pictures, of these wonderful beings who, as you rightly say, all are part of the cosmic plan, um, are put up there. And what, what I can sort of go into in more depth, I think, on Ethereum Radio Live than some of the, the venues I've been to so far, uh, because our listeners are quite familiar with our teachings and beliefs, and we've talked at some length about the Master Ethereus uh, before, is that this master, I believe, um, is behind the coming to earth of many, if not all, of these avatars and uh, has arranged for them to come here at different times in different places. And this concept, which put over in detail, it's not new to say that some people have come from other worlds. Other, other people say that, and I'm jolly glad yes. they do. And indeed, you can look in the early Hindu texts and you can see reference to the fact that, uh, they, that there were, they, some of them dwelt on other worlds, including Sri Krishna and others. Um, but the concept of not all but many of the greatest spiritual figures in our history from different traditions, different cultures, different times, different regions, coming to Earth as part of a cosmic plan, I think is a very unifying concept. And I think no one has put this into more uh, clearer explanations than Dr. George King, founder of the Ethereum Society, and the messages that he has received about this. And I think it's very unifying because what we have at the moment is tremendous division. I mean, for goodness sake, we even have division within religions. And it wasn't so yeah. long ago over here you had Catholics bombing Protestants and vice versa in, in Ireland. And now we hear about you know, different Muslim factions not only bombing each other, but bombing each other at prayer. Uh, and, and including, you know, the imam being bombed and killed inside a mosque and things like by other Muslims. So these sorts of divisions are going on between religions, and you've had all of them at some time have been guilty, some more than others, of this. But this concept is that all these different traditions are all part of the same one cosmic plan for our world, and if we followed them correctly, there'd be no division. Absolutely, and and that really is the biggest problem that faces us. And you're absolutely right. Um, They, of course, because as you know, and as I think the listeners know, the great ones they come, the cosmic ones, to the whole world. You know, they don't come to a section. They come to humanity. They want to raise humanity. They're not interested in the man-made divisions, but in humanity as a whole. And that's a great um, illustration that you've just given of that. Mm, mm. Exactly, and and also you can see the common strands of teaching between, say, 
Christianity and Buddhism. I mean, it might be a good idea, Chrissy, if we just started going through who exactly some of these beings are. Uh, you know, as I said earlier, not every great spiritual figure is from another planet. And if I miss one out from, on, on this list, it doesn't mean that, that uh, perhaps a spiritual leader that you follow wasn't, or indeed that you can't be a wonderful spiritual teacher and come from this earth. But these are some right. of the greatest who've ever walked our planet, beyond any doubt. Absolutely. So, shall we start yes, with um, Sri Krishna, because I did mention him just now. Absolutely. Who's one of the greatest, and this is a quote from uh, the Mahabharata, if I can just read this. Uh, you shall behold your brothers in the celestial reach region. They have reached it before you. Indeed, you shall see all of them there with Krishna. And these words were spoken by the god Indra, according to the ancient Hindu text, the Mahabharata, when he invited a king called Yudhishthira to travel with him on a space vehicle. We have to remember that there is a word, a Sanskrit word, for spacecraft, which appears in the Hindu text, not just the Mahabharata, but the Ramayana and others. And that word, of course, is Vimana. So he invited this king to travel with him on a Vimana, and this is a quote, which ascended quickly, causing the entire sky to blaze. So this is surely a clear indication that the avatar, avatar being a, a Hindu word meaning divine incarnation, Sri Krishna was in fact a cosmic intelligence. And of course in the society we believe he came from the planet Saturn. Absolutely. And I, I don't know whether you want to comment on that, Chrissy, at all, the, the Saturnian existence. We've covered it uh, when we discussed the Eighth Freedom in an earlier uh, last year, wasn't it? Yes, even from the perspective of astrology, uh, Saturn in astrology used to have a bad rap in the old astrology, but in modern astrology, evolutionary astrology is recognized as the most, uh, apart from the sun, of course, the most significant planet in that it is called, uh, in a nutshell, the great teacher and um, very, very advanced planet and um, can help helps us all in tremendous ways to overcome our weaknesses and to go basically to go to go forward to to God, and mm. it kind of helps us to strip away the all the things that hold us back, and has mm -hmm. a tremendously powerful uh, and important influence, even just from that astrological perspective. But as Richard said, to find out more from a metaphysical occult perspective from the nine freedoms, a cosmic perspective, I should say, then please do go back and listen to that um, archived uh, radio show um, on the eighth freedom. Indeed. Or pick up and, a copy and of the nine freedoms even better. <laughs> yeah. And, and we believe, of course, uh, that the Saturnian existence is the highest planetary existence in this solar system. Uh, of course, it's our belief that all the planets are inhabitable, um, and this is the most advanced one. And these are the, if you like, the supreme lords, uh, with the single exception of the sun, of course, of this solar system. And the others defer to them and wouldn't disobey them, I think the phrase is, Chrissy, by even a glance. glance yeah, um, right. Because they wouldn't choose to or wish to. It's not a, an autocratic thing. It's a complete voluntary acceptance by wise beings of beings that are even closer than they are to God itself. So 
that really means that Sri Krishna is among the greatest of all the avatars or gods who've ever visited our world. Absolutely. And, and of course, uh, I think the whole, the whole, I'm sorry, the whole subject of the manas no, and space vehicles, I think, mm. am I correct in saying, I know you've written about it quite a bit, and I think it figures in, in um, um, a couple of your books, or the research yeah. you've done, but it's very, very fascinating. And yeah. um, I do recommend to people that they, you know, pick up a couple, copy of your book, which I think you can get from Amazon.com, is that correct? Yes, well, UFOs and the extraterrestrial message contains quite a few examples of yeah. um, both Vimanas and indeed other celestial objects throughout history and in ancient records. And, you know, there are those who've written whole books just about Vimanas and UFOs and nothing yeah. else. It's a, it's a massive study. I don't think there's any doubt at all uh, if you accept those texts those ancient traditions, of course, they were handed down orally for many, some say hundreds of thousands of years prior to that, before they were ever written down, that these these things existed. And, and the feats of Sri Krishna and the god Rama and others are truly spectacular. But then also you have, for example, this wonderful text, which actually I turned my attention to quite recently again, Chrissy, the Bhagavad Gita. Ah. which is an incredible teaching. It's a much deeper teaching than it might appear to be about karma and action and, uh, you know, detachment from the fruits of action uh, in right. order to get closer to the divine source. It's, uh, it, it, it's, it, well, you have to study it and you have to really contemplate upon it, I think, to get the inner meanings of that. It's a more advanced teaching, really, than you'll find even in the Western Bibles. You know, Very the Holy Bible, uh, it's uh, an incredibly advanced teaching given by Sri Krishna, we're told, while driving a chariot um, and, and carrying a, a prince called Arjuna. Oh, very interesting, yeah. Mm. So that's the first one I would name, and then I'd move on to another, very topical this time of year, Easter uh, season, we're still in, a few weeks ago. Um, and that, of course, is the Master Jesus. We've discussed this quite at length, haven't we, Chrissy? The Master Jesus and yes, his is. cosmic origins. We believe he came from Venus, of course. And as another bright light was seen moving across the sky by three learned men, or wise men, if you like, it led them to a stable in Bethlehem, where, according to Scripture, Jesus was born. And it is little wonder that, to quote the Bible, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy because they believed this was the coming of the Son of God, and so a being who epitomized the very essence of true love walked the earth. And it's um, uh, incredible, really, to think that the Master Jesus uh, wasn't the one and only Son of God, but was indeed, and, and far more realistic, I've always thought, actually, and far more down-to-earth, really, in a strange way, to believe that he actually came to here from another planet. I, I think it's far more realistic to believe that than, that, as you say, the one and only Son of God. I've always had a a problem with that, <laughs> even before well, I it's, came it's, across It's a very strange life. idea, isn't it, that God should sort of suddenly, uh, you know, choose to stick his only son, if you like, or position his only son in one place in history and time and no other place in history and time. And then we're asked to believe by some some that of course he was tricked into his death his ghastly yeah. death 
by one of his most trusted disciples. Um, uh, so the Son of God has been tricked. I mean, it, it, it's extraordinary that some people, I don't want to criticize anybody, but could believe that. Uh, on the other hand, increasing numbers of people are now believing and seeing that this was a, a real plan. That too was a plan. And that's something we've spoken about before, the way he chose to arrange yeah. his death. And in the New Age teachings of the Master Jesus, which we've talked about at length, 12 blessings, um, and other teachings the Master Jesus does tell us um, directly that uh, he is our brother, not mm-hmm. our father, if you like. So I think I'm exactly. paraphrasing yeah, no, yeah. there. But yes, yes. Makes it very, very yes, clear. Yes, and that's a very humble thing to say, because I don't think we're really yes. qualified to, to regard him as our brother, but he does indeed not say at that. All. Yes. Yeah, mm. not at all, but um, mm. he was uh, making that very, very clear, as well as other things, that he mm. came from Venus um, yes. and so on. Mm. And it was all part of this, this cosmic plan of the avatars and gods coming to Earth at different times. And, of course, he was teaching a much more basic crowd and, uh, around him, with, the, with exceptions, one of the exceptions being, of course, St. Peter, and we'll come on to him later. But generally, a, a very uneducated sort of crowd that he had to teach, as compared with, say, Sri Krishna teaching Prince Arjuna, who still had lessons to learn, but was a, a more educated and refined, you might say, if that's the right word, person. He was actually a warrior, as it happens, but a very accomplished person. And so the way the teachings are given at different times vary. And the teaching right. that the Master Jesus gave was brilliantly focused on the particular people that he was teaching and the message that he gave can't really be bettered of service and love. Absolutely. I mean, it's uh, it's applicable now, certainly, and, and always will be, I believe. Yeah. Um, Which leads us on to one who, apparently in mystical circles, is, is regarded by some as the elder brother of the Master Jesus. So I've heard. Have you have you heard that, uh, Chrissy? Yes, I have actually. And that yes. is the Lord Buddha, uh, who also came from Venus. And it is written that the mother of the Lord Buddha, Queen Maya, dreamt that his would be a divine birth. That's interesting because, of course, the uh, the father of Jesus was visited by an angel, wasn't he, Joseph? Yeah. In a, in a dream and told to prepare. So apparently the, the mother of the Lord Buddha dreamt that his would be a divine birth, and so concerned was her husband that his son would pursue the spiritual destiny which had been foretold by his court astrologers that he tried to shield him from all contact with human suffering. And he, yeah. he wasn't even allowed to see people who were suffering in the street. But he yeah. failed to do this. His, his son did see this, and then he went on the Lord Buddha, to demonstrate and teach one of the greatest paths of freedom from personal suffering through peace and enlightenment which has ever been given to earth. It's a wonderful philosophy, Buddhism, and a wonderful practice, I think. Uh, It's not a New Age practice, and it's very, very interesting, I think, Chrissy, that the Lord Buddha has returned to this earth in these days, but not in, 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 in an incarnated physical form. Yes, and it, uh, am I correcting? It was uh, Dr. George King actually predicted that the Buddhic influence would come more strongly into the world, Indeed. actually before it did. 
into this yes, modern indeed. age. And I remember because after Lord... that, I'm sorry, after that, no, I think please. I'm correct in the timing, a wonderful statue of the Lord Buddha, a great statue was built on the side of the, the River Thames in London. And uh, then we saw this kind of, well, around that time, there was this great flowering of interest in Buddhism indeed. throughout the world, uh, right on cue. The Master, of course, yes. made many predictions which have happened, but that one really caught my attention because um, he yeah. made a definite prediction and it, it really did happen. Yes, and, and it has spread. And look at the, the fame, if that's the right word, of the, the Dalai Lama and you know various Buddhist teachers of various kinds, the, the Tibetan Book of the Dead and the, and various yeah. other, you know, from other traditions as well, not just Tibetan Buddhist traditions. It's spread immensely, and and the main thing being that Lord Buddha is now on Shambhala, as is known as the Kumara of Shambhala, which is a position that was held by the Sanat Kumara. Very key, mystical, extremely vital and significant role influencing the spiritual realms and permeating through all the realms from there. Um, and so that influence is very present and it's very interesting because these are the days as we've discussed so many times of service of action of getting engaged in world affairs in dealing and fighting the evil uh, but the Lord Buddha is also at this time here and he represents a teaching of inner realization um, and peace within and so on so it's a perfect balance and must be yeah. part of that cosmic plan we were talking about. Yes, it really is, yes. And um, all these different aspects seem to be coming together at this crucial time in our history, too. Indeed. Just talking about it in this show, you, you realize that there's, um, you know, they're all sort of relevant at this time. <laughs> you go through Indeed. the different um, avatars. So now we move on to another one, moving to a very different part of the world, in fact, even earlier than the Lord Buddha. And this is Moses um, at, a, at another court in an earlier time. A Hebrew child was raised by the Pharaoh's daughter after being rescued from a river, we're told. He too would yeah. discover the suffering of his fellow man and fulfill a mission of salvation under the direction of divine guidance. The exodus led by Moses was accompanied and assisted, we're told, by objects seen in the sky. I mean, the, the, the exodus, Leviticus, some of those early books are full of what we would call UFOs and much better descriptive terms than, say, flying saucer, as was coined in, in the 1940s. Um, you know, they're called clouds, they're called lights uh, within within lights, wheels within wheels, fiery chariots. There's numerous descriptions, again, in my book, UFOs and the Extraterrestrial Message, there's a number of them. And scripture records that the Lord, and even Moses, traveled in them, just as Jesus would do later. That's in clouds. So they're unusual clouds. But there's one case, Chrissy, I think it's after the Ten Commandments were, were given, and he brought the tablets down. He rent them asunder, I believe. He, he, he was so disappointed by the reaction that he, was, that he met. I'm not surprised at all on this earth. And he had to take them up again to the top of Mount Sinai. And he traveled up to the top with these uh, tablets, I believe, in a cloud. This is just another example. And, and uh, probably, as I say, a better description. We might laugh at that. But 
much more what it really looked like than a flying saucer. Yes. So Moses had this incredibly difficult task. It was all about keeping the belief in one God, which was very, very rare in those days, the belief in just one God. Um, We'd seen it for a brief period around, I suppose, around the same time uh, from in Egypt with Akhenaten. And I've no idea whether Akhenaten uh, was a cosmic avatar or an ascended master or not. I don't know. Uh, exactly, but a most unusual. Would not surprise me if he was an ascended master at all. Suddenly came along as a pharaoh, of course, and introduced a belief in one god, namely the sun. And then right. at the end of his, uh, supported by Nefertiti, and then as soon as his reign was over, it was back again to business as usual with every god you can think of, almost. Um, but Moses had this tradition, and he and he and he led them out, and led the, He never went to war, by the way. He never fought. Uh, that all happened after him. He, but he yeah. led the people in a peaceful way, uh, helped them to escape, and was undoubtedly helped. I mean, the parting of the Red Sea could not have been done by just uh, you know some act of magic alone. He must have had, and did have, I believe. And we've been told help from uh, extraterrestrial sources with that. Yeah, it's interesting you bring out the, the the point how difficult it was because when you look at the lives of the people, all these cosmic avatars that you've mentioned, how difficult they were. And mm. the Lord Buddha and Moses, I think, had something in common in, in that they were born into, well, not born into with Moses, but he came into this, a wonderful idyllic kind of life you could say on the material world yeah. and had great power and, and the same with the Lord Buddha and they could have had these sort of wonderful or, or what we might call wonderful lives now with all the power and all the money and yet they mm. completely turned away from that and caused uh, themselves great you know struggles and and this is the way isn't it when you look at the lives of these cosmic ones yes they just weren't always, I mean the they just don't look at things in the way that we on Earth tend to look at things. Nearly everybody looks at things, and they might have. We might be tempted, and for them, it's a different kind of psychological trauma. And we're talking here yeah. about a dreadful condition. I should say that. I mean, we're talking about advanced cosmic beings of elevated stature agreeing to be born through the womb of an Earth woman in an ordinary earth physical body, mainly as men, which doesn't, by the way, mean that they are men as entities. They might be a combination of male and female as we understand it, but for their particular tasks, probably because of the warped history um, on this earth, they've had to come mainly as men um, in, in, in past times to perform their missions. And they've lived this dreadful, dreadful life of limitation. It'd be like us being born as pigs in a pigsty. Yeah. It's a terrible thing. It's not a wonderful thing. But uh, I'm just wondering, Chrissy, if we're nearing a time for our first break. Oh, gosh, I can't time has flown. Yes, we absolutely are. We're going to have to move a bit quicker after the break, I think, to get through our list. Absolutely. Over to Courtney then. Thank you. Hello, Courtney. 
Well, I have the announcements here. I'm not sure where Courtney is. All right. Well, can you do them then, Chrissy, please? Yes, I've just got to find them. Um, well, why don't we carry on a bit, and then we can we can come back to the announcements later on. Okay. That sounds like a good idea. And it gives you so, time um, to find them. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> this is live radio for you, folks. Um, so the next um, cosmic avatar I was going to mention is Lao Tzu, um, oh, right, pronounced yeah. Lao Tzu, I'm reliably informed, or something nearer to that than what I said before. And he is believed to have lived around five to 600 BC, uh, was a Chinese sage regarded as the father of Taoism and revered by some Taoists as a god. His life is surrounded by myths, and I found an interesting one, Chrissy, and with, with Lao Tzu, there are so many uh, legends and very little that is known as fact, so one has to be aware of that. But there is really? one myth I found particularly interesting about him, which is that he was conceived while his mother was gazing upon a falling star. Uh-huh. So where that's an interesting thing to have come up, I think. It could be more revealing than it appears to be. Could it have been a UFO bringing him to Earth? He was a philosopher and a writer. He was uh, regarded as the author of the Tao Te Ching. And at an old age, according to legend, he left China in the direction of the Himalayas and was never seen again. I I actually love his teachings myself. I love the Tao Te Ching. Do do you know the Tao Te Ching, Chrissy? A little, a little, but not... um, I know that you have studied them a lot. Wonderful sayings in it, which I'm sure some people have heard of, you know. Um, much speech leads inevitably to silence. Uh-huh. I, th- I think I could be wrong here, but I think this saying, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, is a certainly associated with Lao Tzu, possibly the Tao Te Ching. And that one of my favorites, actually, which you have to think about a bit, is that he said, um, I've got to get this right, this isn't, these aren't the exact words, but he said something along these lines. He said, higher than ritual by which I think he meant going through the motions, by the way, when he used the phrase ritual. Higher than ritual is morality. Higher than morality is goodness. And higher than goodness is the way. Oh, that's very interesting, yeah. Yeah, or what they would call the Tao. Uh, But he was a very interesting, ancient, wise master who um, kept... As far as we can tell, uh, in, in, in secret, uh, quite, or let's say out of the public eye quite a bit, um, and was mainly concerned in giving these teachings, which have had a massive impact, of course. And then as it was last seen walking off, and some say last seen walking in the direction of the Gobi Desert, which is also interesting because that's where mm. it's believed that Shambhala was located at that time. Yeah. Now, another one that um, I, again, a, a great friend of mine could tell us a lot more about, that's Mark Bennett, who has right. appeared on Ethereum Radio Live, is Confucius. And the much right. more is known of him. And he was probably a contemporary of Lao Tse. He was born in 550 BC and had a very different approach in that he became engaged in worldly affairs as well as philosophy and took political positions And he carved out a path of correct living with an emphasis on public service. And this is just a little theory I've got, Chrissy. It could be said that Lao Tzu and Confucius 
provided a yin-yang balance of spiritual realization and practical service. And it may be by design that they were part of the same civilization at approximately the same time. Well, it must be by design. And it yeah. might be as a balance, one for the other, uh-huh. because they were so different. You know, one focused on the affairs of state, the affairs of living. The other focused on the mystical and and the going the the, the really going within in a in his own way um you know different from perhaps the yoga past but nevertheless seeing the reality within all things and it's an incredible very interesting to me that these two different aspects were both in the same region at roughly the same time that's very interesting yes mm. again uh, an illustration of the the plan of peace indeed and so now, how, have you out. managed to find the um, announcements? I do. Um, okay. Courtney had a technical hitch, so um, oh, she right. said go ahead with them. Okay. So just to let people know that w- in England, uh, Richard Lawrence is giving the lecture, Avatars and Gods Who Came to Earth, on Tuesday, May the 12th in London. And you can find full details on Richard's website, www.richardlawrence.co.uk. Also, Richard has articles in two leading spiritual journals this month, April, and that's Psychic News, and another one called More to Life. Again, details on his website. And also, the Ethereum Society is at the Festival for Mind, Body, Spirit in Olympia from Friday, May the 1st to May the 4th um, in Michigan, where, where we're speaking from now. There will be a lecture, The Cosmic Plan, an audio recording, which was given by Dr. King in 1964, this particular version, but it's just as relevant today for all spiritual seekers. And actually, it's really what we're talking about today. And today we're talking about an aspect of this great cosmic plan for peace and enlightenment. And you will hear Dr. King explaining exactly what it is at this really fascinating lecture. And that's Friday, August the 24th, at the Ethereum Society in Royal Oak, it's at 7.30 p.m., and the admission is $5. And you can find more details at www.ethereusmi.org. And then also activities at the Ethereus Society throughout the world can be found on www.ethereus.org. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. Well, just before the break there, we were, we were talking about two very contrasting masters in ancient China, And I put out the theory that it's almost like a yin-yang balance. And I'd like to come right up to date to the 20th century, where you have, I think, a similar principle in India. Because you have two cosmic avatars there, we believe. And again, one was very focused on the inner path and one on the affairs of the world and the affairs of state. So let me start with the first one, Swami Sivananda, a contemporary cosmic avatar, though he never claimed this was born in India in 1887 and died there in 1963. He was a qualified medical doctor working in Malaya until he renounced worldly life and returned to India to become a sannyasin. He was an outstanding spiritual teacher who mastered several branches of yoga and disseminated these ancient teachings and practices throughout the world through numerous publications. It's almost crazy to me as though he codified the existing branches of yoga in a brilliant manner, but it was the ancient teachings. It wasn't the New Age approach. It was almost like the final act of 
um, codifying, drawing together the threads, making available in other languages these various forms of, of yoga, which had, a tradition which had started before him with Swami Vivekananda and uh, Ramacharaka and Yogananda and others, but he did this absolutely outstandingly. And he established his organization in Rishikesh, uh, including a medical center. And although he never traveled to the West himself, branches have been established in many parts of the world. Right. Wonderful master, yes, indeed. And he has that sort of typical yogic spirit, which I love, and we were very lucky uh-huh. to witness even more so, I would say, with Dr. George King, which is an uncompromising, he relishes truth. He doesn't right. shy away from it or almost apologize for it, He comes right out, up front, and seems to, um, you know, enjoy laying it down in no uncertain terms, which I think is very inspiring. Yes, yeah, very. (laughs) In some it takes, you know, guts and courage to speak one's mind, but in an advanced soul like this, it's the natural way of things, and and, and he really makes a point of it. And, um, you know, there's, 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 there's compassion and explanation, but also uncompromising statement of the ancient, and I want to stress that, the ancient traditional yogic perspective. And he draws on Sri Patanjali, who will come on to, and others. In doing so, he doesn't present a New Age approach, uh, in my view, uh, but he does, as I say, make available these teachings beyond all doubt in an understandable way to people wherever they may be. Absolutely. Wonderful. Mm. Cosmic master, cosmic avatar. And the other one, Chrissy, that I think is an interesting balance is, is Mahatma Gandhi, another yes. cosmic avatar who lived in the same period, 1869 to 1948 in India. I don't think I need to say much about him because of the film and so much is known about his life. And, uh, you know, everyone knows he was engaged in politics and many other causes. Um, and, of course, he was a pacifist. Um, whereas Sivananda's main focus was in, on internal development through yoga practice, Gandhi was focused on public service through law and especially politics. His contribution to an independent India, pacifism and so much more is well known and truly magnificent. Yes, and a very, very interesting theory that you you came up with, which and then you can see quite clearly how these there seems to be, you know, two completely different influences coming in at the same time. I never thought about that before, Richard. So that's very fascinating. Yeah, that's just something that struck me, particularly with Confucius and Lao Tse, and then when I looked at Swami Sivananda and uh, Mahatma Gandhi, it's the same sort of principle, really, if I'm right. But it must be part of a plan, anyway, that they yes. came at that time to those regions in very similar periods. But I mentioned um, there earlier Sri Patanjali that uh, Swami Sivananda had drawn on his teachings. And he's another one, a bit like Lao Tse, about whom very little is known other than the glorious aphorisms he came to earth to deliver. And I had a conversation, Chrissy, with Dr. King in Lake Powell, actually, about Sri Patanjali. Um, And he did tell me a number of things, but one was he told me that Sri Patanjali came to earth to deliver the aphorisms. And when he told me, he told me just like that, he came to earth to deliver the aphorisms, it was as though the aphorisms existed before he came. 
Uh-huh. Uh, but he came to deliver them. And he obviously, to, to do that, he'd have to come here and discover them himself in his earth physical body right. uh, and then deliver them. And they hadn't really, um, in the field, his field, which is Raja Yoga, I think he's, he's universally acknowledged as the father of Raja Yoga. Raja Yoga is the yoga of psychic and mental control. Uh, if you like, advanced meditation, samadhi, uh, through concentration, which is absolutely everything in spiritual development. Without concentration, I mean, in, yeah. in the field in which, uh, you know, I've done a lot of uh, uh, practice, namely the psychic field and channeling and so on, without good concentration, really you're finished. I'd go that far because you won't be able to discriminate uh, between your imagination not not to any high degree anyway, and your emotional feelings and the accuracy of the message you're getting, it's concentration which will enable you to do that. I mean, I, I met many psychics, and I, I know one, for example, who I think is, is getting things, but it's very difficult for them to tell the difference sometimes because right. their concentrative right. powers they haven't really worked on, I would say. Um, they perhaps don't think it's necessary, but it, believe me, it is. That's just one yeah. aspect, but that's not what Sri Patanjali was pursuing. He was giving a path to full, in, a very advanced path to total enlightenment. Yes, yes. Everything and, we need and, to know is, is here. <laughs> yeah, and, and the yogis who drew on it, uh, and I know your husband Gary loves these aphorisms as well, Chrissy. Um, he does. You know, the yogis who, 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 who's taught Raja Yoga later, including Swami Sivananda and all the ones, Vivekananda, whoever you name, they didn't try to alter it. They, they drew on it. Uh, it was there. It's almost like the law in terms of the traditional approach. And it is a traditional approach, not approach based on service, but a traditional approach for the individual, the sannyasin, the very serious student, uh, one that was used, for example, by Dr. King, before he was contacted by cosmic masters uh, to find the highest states of consciousness. Um, it, 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 well, I, I'm a big fan. Let's just, just leave yeah. it there. Um, I know and I'm you sure are. <laughs> others are too. But another one that we must mention, and I don't want to miss any of these out, is Sri Sankaracharya. The superhuman qualities of Sri Sankaracharya were evident too. From his early childhood in 8th century India, that's A.D., so outstanding were his spiritual and mental faculties that he became a teacher with devoted disciples at the age of only 12 years old. Who listens to a 12-year-old? I hope we've got some 12-year-olds listening to this. And, of course, we listen. But these uh, adults became his devoted disciples when he was only 12. He had outstanding mental, mental faculties, uh, as a child genius, actually, and tremendous knowledge of the ancient wisdom. And he practiced another branch, a very great branch, really, of, of uh, spiritual uh, yoga, which is Nani Yoga, the yoga of wisdom. And throughout his life, he studied, realized, taught, and lived the wisdom of the rishis. I love the rishis, Chrissy. I don't know about you. Uh, the ancient masters who gave the ancient Vedic teachings the enlightened masters who inspired the ancient Hindu scripts. And even before his birth, that Sri Shankaracharya's birth, his parents had been prepared for his coming, again in a dream, uh, by mm. the god Shiva. And the god Shiva appeared to both of them in, in their dreams. 
prior to his birth, yeah. which is a bit of a theme that comes up with these yeah. uh, cosmic avatars. Yes, yes, absolutely. Interesting so that another... he was a teacher at 12 reminds me a little bit of the Master Jesus, too, when he was a yeah. child, was teaching. Mm. And it reminds me of Dr. King. I mean, Dr. King did yeah. say, you know, that one of his, uh, even as a child, you know, all of us are striving to raise the energies, or a lot of us are anyway, to to awaken the higher chakras and psychic centers and uh, the the great lights which uh, exist in the higher centers. Uh, but he, Dr. King, was seeing these lights in his head, in inverted commas, as a child. Right. Um, and it's not surprising because he, of course, as we know, as we've revealed before on Ethereum Radio Live, was a cosmic avatar himself who'd come to Earth. Um, should we move on to the next one? Because I don't want to miss yes, any. Yes. And coming really up much closer, but staying uh, with the Indian tradition, Sri Ramakrishna, centuries later in a different region of India, another parent was prepared in a dream for a divine birth, this time by the god Vishnu. Just as Joseph had dreamt he'd received a sacred visit before the birth of Jesus, so do did the father of the Hindu saint Sri Ramakrishna, who would enter the highest states of consciousness it is possible to attain upon earth and become the great guru of the wise Swami Vivekananda, among others. Among others. Um, and, well, Swami Vivekananda is another wonderful, wonderful... In fact, he really brought... He started the bringing of, uh, of the uh, yoga teachings to the West, didn't he? In 1893, I believe it was, in, in Chicago. Yeah, I, I was going to say, it's very interesting that you've talked about um, several, well, many, half a dozen, maybe five or six uh, great cosmic avatars from India, and then they were mm. brought to the West, and now we have a cosmic avatar born in England, Dr. George King, and mm. um, I know you're going to talk a little bit about him before we close. Uh, indeed, indeed. But before I do, I'd like to move to a very different part of, of the world, which is ancient Greece. Ah. And another son of God, or Zeus, as he, as he was referred to in ancient Greece, was, of course, Heracles. This is a wonderful one to talk about. He lived oh, at a yes, time yes. when, according to the Roman poet Catullus, the sky dwellers in person used to visit the stainless homes of heroes and be seen ah. at mortal gatherings. Stripping away the superstition from the myth and the sentimentality from the Hollywood legend, we're left with a superhuman figure in both physique and character who would be revered for centuries to come. I think people, you know, if we've heard of Hercules at all, there's so many Hollywood films, aren't there, and, yeah. and, and cartoons and what have you, that we tend to forget how he was venerated. Uh, you know, he was re revered not just as this outstandingly strong athlete, um, with lightning-like reflexes, who uh, allegedly was the founder of the Olymp what we now know as the Olympic Games. I mean, it was much more of a, a mystical event and a peace gathering as well in those days, from what we can hear. But also, he was regarded as a great, wise, godly being. And there were temples to him, not just in Greece, but across the uh, you know what became Italy later, and around the, that region of the Mediterranean. I know you, you've done a lot of research on that area too, haven't you, Richard? I have, and, and um, you know, I, I, I think that uh, it's wonderful to you. I mean, the trouble with the ancient Greek legends is that they really are 
you talk about myth, they have been really messed about with, with superstitious myth, and they've been watered down, and they've been humanized, these gods, and one has to strip all that away to get to the really core of what went on. But having said that, they, perhaps more than any other ancient tradition we know of, venerated the Mother Earth, which, of course, they called Gaia, as their number one goddess, or god, which in, in that act alone they showed tremendous wisdom. Uh, above yeah. and beyond many other traditions, if not all yeah. other traditions. So we have to move on, and we, we, we move on actually to a very interesting parallel with Hercules, and I'll, we'll explain why, which is Samson. Ah, another parallel, yes. <laughs> yes, and there's uh-huh. a pattern of divine revelation surrounding uh, the coming of an avatar of God. The Virgin Mary was contacted directly by an angel of the Lord before she conceived the Master Jesus, so too was the mother of Samson, who had mm. been considered infertile. They used to work, use the word barren, didn't they, in the Bible, but we would say yeah. infertile. Despite this, she was told to prepare for the incarnation of a son with a mission from above. And like Heracles, or Hercules, Samson would combine phenomenal strength with complete devotion to his holy task, I, I had a fascinating chat with Dr. King at one time, Chrissy, about the parallels between Hercules and Samson. And, and in fact, I discovered a book had been written just on that subject alone by a scholar who was observing the parallels. And maybe on another, because we're running out of time, another uh, program we can go into that a bit. But of course they were, as we know through Dr. King, one and the same cosmic avatar coming at different times to perform their missions, both with this superhuman strength and great minds. And Samson, too, was known for what they used to call riddles, which aren't what we think of riddles. They were revelations uh, in the form of almost quizzes, um, which he used to give. But unfortunately, I think we need to move on to our next one, Chrissy, which is St. Peter. I did mention earlier, and St. Peter, very underestimated, possibly the most misunderstood of the Chris- and underestimated of the Christian saints, the rock upon which the church was built. Some would say not very well, uh, but not by him, but you know what happened to it later. Uh, but like the Master Jesus, he too came from another world. Far from being a simple fisherman prone to weakness at key moments, he was a profound thinker who chose his moment to die, an even more excruciating death than his master and took karma to benefit the world as a whole. His spiritual presence and inspirational force is especially needed at this time of great change. And he has contacted Dr. King, and uh, we, we have uh, you know, experienced uh, his uh, energies and his words, uh, and they are indeed exceptionally prow- powerful and very unique, are they not, Chrissy? Oh, absolutely, yes. So I'd like to dwell on, on uh, St. Peter much more. I mean, I'd just like to say one thing. According to the Bible, at the Last Supper, um, Judas was basically told uh, to go and that he would go and betray uh, Jesus by the Master Jesus, and St. Peter was told he would deny him when the cock crowed three times. Well, of course, those were instructions, not prophecies. And had St. Peter not done that, of course, he too would have died and then he wouldn't have been able to carry out his mission. 
Uh, he was a very brave, extremely brave person, and when he did die, died a worse death even than Jesus, which he insisted upon doing. Uh, it's possible that Judas was a cosmic avatar. I don't know that, but it's certainly possible, and if he was, he could be one of the greatest of all the disciples, because his mission would have been by far the worst of them all. Yeah. Well, we must touch upon one more before we come to Dr. King, Chrissy, and that's a master which I have tremendous pleasure in mentioning, uh, namely the Lord Babaji. Oh, yes. And he's mentioned quite a bit by Paramahansa Yogananda, who met him. Uh, he actually was promised he would go to his retreat after his death, or his ashram, I should say, um, he's known, Lord Babaji, as a, Mahavata, a Mahavatar, which means great avatar, and was revered by all advanced masters, male and female upon earth, as their spiritual leader. The ascended masters, he's their spiritual leader. We've mentioned that before. And I believe the same should apply to all spiritual aspirants. We should all revere him and regard him as a, our spiritual leader on earth, for he's here on earth now. He's appeared throughout our history, has been here for many thousands, actually millions of years, in an ascended body, but still a very limited. So he's different from the others, wasn't born through the womb of an earth woman, but still for him, uh, as a Saturnian being, under tremendous limitation, even living in a terrestrial ascended body, and he will remain here for many more millions of years to come, into the new age and beyond, and takes karma uh, suffers dreadfully, um, is wise, is ancient, is the master of the masters. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So I don't think much more can be said, and we don't have much time left to say it anyway, but that is the list, with the one exception, of course, which we have great pleasure in ending on, and whom we've spoken about so many times, and that is Dr. George King. And really all I'd like to say about that, Chrissy, at this point is that I think anyone who knew him, especially if they knew him well, could see that he wasn't from this earth. Uh, you yeah. could see it from the way he reacted. Uh, he didn't react. He was a brilliant actor. Uh, he was brilliant at assuming uh, terrestrial uh, habits, which weren't really his. And he went out of his way to cultivate them and was quite, in that respect, made a point of being quite a traditional person uh, in, in many of his behaviors and, and rather conservative one with a small C, even though his ideas were far from conservative. Uh, but at the same time, and I'm not talking politically there, by the way, I'm talking about uh, in, in, in respect to the traditions of Earth, but actually he didn't think or act in the way that a, an earth person does. He had his, a very different, distinctive, single-minded, selfless approach all the time, uh, 24 hours a day. I think in the time we've got left, that's all I can say to sum up this truly great cosmic avatar that you and I, Chrissy, were both privileged to actually know. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, you look back over time and you've gone right back through the centuries, but... It's very, and it's, I think it's easier for people to grasp that when it's a long way away, but when you're looking at someone who's only just passed away, who's still with us in many ways on this earth, it's, it's harder for people to grasp. But I say grasp it. Go to theaserious.org and find out as much as you can about this modern cosmic avatar for the, for the coming age, the current age. 
I'd like to just close with an announcements again and just a brief rundown. Richard Lawrence is giving the lecture, the full lecture, Avatars and Gods Who Came to Earth if you're in England. It's Tuesday, May the 12th in London. And you can find out all about it on his website, www.richardlawrence.co.uk. He also has two articles in leading spiritual journals in April. That's Psychic News and More to Life. Again, details on his website. And the Aquarius is at the festival for Mind, Body, Spirit, I think the longest-running festival in the world, at Olympia from Friday, May the 1st to Monday, May the 4th. In the USA and Michigan, we are playing a lecture, an audio recording, The Cosmic Plan, given by Dr. King in 1964, but very, very relevant today and helps you to get a whole perspective of what was being talked about today, The Cosmic Plan and will be played in Royal Oak Friday, August the 24th at 7.30 p.m. for $5. And details can be found at ethereusmi.org. Activities at all other centers around the world um, are published on www.ethereus.org. And also, please don't forget to, to look at, to join in with, participate on our website, www.1212blessings.org. Thank you so much for listening today, and uh, thank you so much, Richard. It's been an absolutely fantastic show. Thank you, Chrissy.